Hey, everybody. We're back. Hey, lizards. Uh, I actually didn't put a sad Mac on the Instagram to explain that shit had happened. I just did a story of, you know, Sarah McLaughlin and my feelings. Um, <laughs> I mean, I knew what it meant. <laughs> we are re-recording this because uh, the universe is not our friends and... Maybe one of the, you know, Order of the Solar Temple angels was displeased with our previous recording. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, not... My audio was unusable to the point where I was sitting there and it was 10.30 Pacific time. No. And I'm just... And I was just sitting there going like, could I like ADR my part? <laughs> just have uh-huh. MMs going and then just be like, <laughs> yeah, and then Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I mean, because it wasn't my episode, so it's not like I, I was not the main talker. So I was like, I was literally considering it. And then I'm like, I am possibly the worst actor. Maybe this goes along with um, <laughs> your your hypothesis that I can't lie. Yeah, I think it does. It would be a li- perhaps a little hooden and a little uh, not fun to listen to. I also considered slicing and dicing your story. So it was literally just your story minus all commentary. So that it would be like. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> it, like I was thinking of all of these things and then I was just like, you know what? I think I just have to call it an L. Look, I, I think I figured out what the ghost in the machine was, at least for this week or last week. When the, for the original, the OG recording of part two. I think that when you talk shit about a cult, you get some white lady woo-woo shit in your recording and it comes and it fucks shit up. That's my hypothesis. That's my official hypothesis. So today, uh, I mean, it is the middle of the day for me, so I am not mm-hmm. yet drinking, but I fully same, considered... Same. Putting together an aviation from the very oh, nice gift God, that you sent me. Um, but no, instead I am drinking a LaCroix, La uh, a LaCroix of uh, the beach plum flavor. What is, what is a beach plum and how does it differ from a regular plum? I don't think you want to know. I just think Googling this would make me upset or it would be something not remarkable like i want it's what it's like that twitter thing what's the difference wrong answers only and uh yeah i was talking to my dad and he goes i was like what's the difference and he goes sounds like you're a victim of believing marketing and thinking that you were getting like a special plum and i was like fair um enough. ouch ouch fair enough dad your dad fair enough are are we by coastal besties is that we is are that we are oh my god because you're mm I am. And I'm Katie, Katie. And, and we're bonding over uh, LaCroix Mysteries, uh, <laughs> Borked Audio, and Cults. And Cults? Do you, why don't you, um, I want to see if you can still remember part one now that it's been a okay. full, full two weeks, and then I'll dig deep into part two. I love this like quiz show part of oh, when you do, when you do a deep story because like you know I love to be graded. Uh, yes. 
So, part one, we learned about the Order of the Solar Temple in much in the way that the mainstream awareness found out about the Order of the Solar Temple, which was via several events of mass death in 1994 through, I think, the last one that happened in 1997. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main, the biggest ones all happened pretty quickly in 1994. They happened in Switzerland, France, and uh, Montreal. They were very ritualistic. Uh, many children were involved because parents wanted to take them. <sighs> because we... With them on their journey. Because we got to have a bummer. We can't just have we can't just have a clean cult. It's got to be no, no, a no. super bummer. The beliefs of these cults are uh, of these cults. This cult is what we're going to get into today. But the thought of this ritualistic killing, this death journey, uh, was that they would be going to the star Sirius and leaving behind this earthly plane, possibly to return and make life better. Um, and so we we also were introduced to uh, the leaders and the generators of this cult, uh, Luc Jure and mm-hmm. Joseph DeMombro. And I know we're going to find out more about them today because I have heard it before. And we're going to so we're going to find out about their specific uh, things that they brought to this cult. You know, who was the dungeon master coming mm-hmm. up with all of the well, you need this level of crystal to get to this level <laughs> in the cult. And then who was, you know, who is the charisma? Who is the face? And uh, yeah, we are going to just, we're going to dive into what they believed. And that is, that is, Love that, it. is that is your previously on the Wine Times Mysteries. I'm very impressed. Thank you for the wrap up. That was great. Yeah. And, you know, the more I thought about this too, I was wondering if the Heaven's Gate, people were influenced by Order of the Solar Temple at all because, you know, they were going to ride Hale-Bopp to the next plane, right? So mm, kind of similar that way. We're, we're catching a Death Star voyage to Sirius. Oh, oh yes. And one of the more, more horrific things, I mean, everything was pretty fucked up, but uh, one of the more horrific things that we got to hear last time was that the leaders were upset that Waco went before them. That's right. Uh, the Branch Davidians did it first, and they were not super happy about that, which is the only thing I'll say about that is that's a unique take on Waco. Yeah, that that's a, that's one that you haven't heard before on Waco, you know? No, I've heard, I really, I hadn't. I had not. I was... Man, if only I had committed mass suicide first. Uh, But again, I don't, I think in both of those, Waco and here, it's like, was it really mass suicide or was it mass death? I don't know if everybody there was a willing participant. On that lovely, wonderful note, welcome to part two, everybody. Welcome to part two. Let's take a journey. Let's take a a very French (laughs) journey. So these two yahoos. That's not a French word. These two yahoos who started the Order of the Solar Temple officially began in Geneva in 1984, but we're going to go back into their backstories a little bit so that our lizards have more of an understanding of the foundation before the yahoos somehow magically met each other. Like, I don't know how these awful people are ever destined to find each other, but somehow they 
they find each other and just create more awfulness life, out there. Le- life finds a way, man. Who oh, knows? God. So we're going to start with Luke Jure, which I hate that he's got such a fucking cool name, but uh, Jure. So this guy was born in the Belgian Congo. And when he got a little bit older, he co-founded a, a political group called the uh, European Communist Party, but he he co-formed it with another dude who was a leading member of the neo-Nazi Jeune Europe, so Young Europe neo-Nazi party in Belgium. So that just gives you a feel for who we're talking about here. Of Um, course. Of course. And of course he did. So Luke Jure was a the face of the organization. He was apparently very charismatic. And he, he was a dude out in the forefront who was lecturing and recruiting people. And to top it all off, he was an actual medical doctor. And this is why I would have probably been very susceptible to this cult. Not, to be clear, not for the neo-Nazi Young Europe Party, but because he was lecturing on holistic health and uh, macrobiotic diets and you know taking care of the earth and how important that was. So I totally would have fallen for that. So he is going around... <laughs> lecturing to, 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 to pull people in to uh to quote ourselves white woman woo woo shit white lady woo woo shit um he probably had some fucking crystals there for you too katie i don't know i mean let me go grab my fucking amethyst right now i got this big <laughs> cleanse the air so one of these places that he was lecturing was called the golden way foundation which was a new age group in geneva and that is where he became some personal friends with Order of the Solar Temple co-founder Joseph DeMombro. So let's talk about let's talk about this dummy. He was born in rural southern France. Um, okay. He did not go to college or university. He basically went to a trade school, which is cool, right? Um, we we need people who do that. It's not like a dig on his intelligence or anything, but. He was also always very attracted to occultism, uh, which is why I refer to him as the Dungeon Master when I'm just chit-chatting with Katie. And in 1956, he joined a group called the Ancient and Mystical Order of the Rosé Crucis, uh, which was a Rosicrucian group that was very popular in France in the decades after World War II. So in the late 60s, he became the head of that group. Yes, ma'am. Am I supposed to know what Rosicrucian means? I think it's, it's, no, you're not so, no. No, let's talk about that too. I think it's one of these groups that's kind of like uh, the Knights Templar. Oh! If that, uh, yeah. Templar. Yes, exactly. So I think it's one of these groups that, it's going to be like a lodge, right? Like if you've ever, Mm -hmm. lizards especially U.S. lizards, if you've ever driven around, I don't know, any in the Midwest, right? And you're like, okay, there's the Elks Lodge and the, the Masonic Lodge and the whatever. There's all these different lodges that are supposed secret, quote-unquote secret societies. Yeah, We also had one in the town where I grew up. It's called the Oddfellow Society, which I don't know why, but that, that one I was always like, if I was going to do a secret here. society, that would be for me. 
We have so, that here yeah. too in 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 yeah. Seattle. There's an odd there's an Odd Fellows place where, and it, I found them first on Airbnb actually when I was looking for. Can you rent a, a room place. from the Odd Fellows? You may. Uh, <gasps> there was a. So I was trying to come out here to look for apartments um, that like random Tuesday mm-hmm. to Wednesday where I where I literally oh, I remember pa- I packed I didn't want to one I got the cheapest airfare I could so I was flying Spirit no I mean if if that's how you need to fly that's how you need to fly um, and I've honestly never had a flight delay or an issue with Spirit the seats are bus seats they are seats from a school mm-hmm. bus but. I've never had the issues that I've had with other airlines that will remain nameless, but are patriotically named Ding. American and United. So, <laughs> um, but I flew Spirit out here and it was actually cheaper for me to join their frequent flyer program and then get a ticket than the next closest possible ticket getting on like American United Delta, whatever. So I hopped on here, came out on Tuesday morning, left Wednesday night, was exhausted but when I was looking for places to stay and lizards, I did end up staying in an Airstream trailer. Uh, and that was real backyard. cute. That was real. It was cute. lovely. Um, but the like an Odd Fellows place was one of the places that you could choose. There is a place called the Odd Fellows Cafe, which I think is only named as such because it's in like a building of theirs. But it, I don't think it's affiliated mm. otherwise. That is excellent brunch. But yeah, so the Oddfellows are definitely a thing. And I feel like if anyone watched The Simpsons, I feel like, was it The Simpsons that had the Order of the Water Buffalo? Um, <laughs> same thing. Same yeah, so sort of. It sounded like one of those, but I feel like because the name is in Latin that maybe they take themselves a little bit more seriously. Right? I don't know. <laughs> it's don't little, know. Little, cl- little clubs for men. That's well, yes, 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 yes. So uh, by the end of the sixties, he was the head of his local his local lodge, the lodge okay. in Nimes, France. Um, he he stayed a member of the Rosicrucians until nineteen sixty nine, and then in nineteen seventy three, he was like, "I, being the dungeon master, am going to start my own group called." Here's some hippie woo woo shit for you. Center for the Preparation of the New Age. There you go. The New Age is going to happen. You got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. And this is the center where one could prepare for such. So one last thing on the Knights Templar before we move on. And this is from our previous recording. But I do want to mention for now that you've seen it. Oh, God. So funny. I will put it in the show notes that um, some organizations are more secretive than others. And it's possible mm-hmm. that some have, some have modernized with the times and rather than, you know, needing to get a special invitation with a wax seal and knowing the password or whatever, now you can just call up the Knights Templar. That's right. And we, and, and we know this because uh, the McElroy brothers just called them on one of so the episodes funny. of their TV show. And last time, uh, MM had not heard this so i played her the clip where travis fantastic literally just calls them and asks about membership etc and so i will the best part i think was when he got transferred to the masonic lodge (laughs) well because they were like well first you have to be in the mason i transfer you to the masonic lodge yeah (laughs) so (laughs) 
how do I how do I call the Masons? <laughs> this is like this is like all of those old dudes that would always just recommend. Oh, you want a job at X? Just go and ask. Because yes. like literally, yes. that was like yes. rest his soul because he has since passed. But the head of my honors program at in college. He was asking me, like, what do you want to do? And I honestly had no idea. I was a dumb little freshman. But I was just like, it would be a dream job to work for, like, Square, Square Makers of Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy, et cetera. And he's like, well, why don't you just write them a letter? (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like people of a certain generation would be like, yeah, I just walked in and, like, dirt, 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 dirt. I just walked in, told told them I was here, and they started sending me a paycheck. It can't hurt to ask if you want to, so you can it's just true. call up the Knights Templar and just ask. So anyway. <laughs> Demombro is not the only uh, person who likes lodges and secret societies. Jure himself had been affiliated with a group called Renewed Order of the Temple, which had been founded by an occult leader in the 70s whose name was Julian Oregas. I would like to note, this also does not bode well for Dr. Jure because there are a lot of different rumors about this dude. Um, I read several different things. Everyone is basically coming to the opinion that they think he had a lot of ties to extreme right-wing groups. So there were some places I saw that said he was a Nazi SS member during World War II. There were some places I saw that said he was like besties with Mussolini. And I don't know what the official word is, but those were a couple of different accounts that I saw. The official word from Lizzo is that all the rumors are true, yeah. Oh, well, if Lizzo fucking said it, yes, tattoo that shit. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) I've been rocking out to that song this week, too. Like, I took a short little break from my constant... BTS soundtrack and listened to rumors and rocked out with her and a very pregnant Cardi B. (sighs) Yeah, true. I mean, good for Cardi B. I could barely breathe when I was that pregnant. I don't know how. I mean, can you imagine that if they fitted you with like a gold breastplate and everything? No, no, I can. I literally cannot. So again, because these awful people just gravitate towards each other. Uh, Demombro and Jure soon discovered that they had these uh, mutual interests, and in 1984, they founded officially the Solar Temple. I I just imagine it. I just imagine it being like Demombro just sort of like makes like a little askance like reference to something, and then Jure like gets like a little sparkle in his eye and goes, "You, you, you." It's very Night at the Roxbury like. <laughs> and then they Great like reference line up and then they're just like like not to like double yeah. will ferrell it here but then it's like step brothers oh, do we just become best friends and then they just get Hell really yes. excited and they make <laughs> a fake club with magic and angels yes. and events yes. of magic. and then they say mom can we move our beds can we make them into bunk beds we'd like to have more space for activities just like that so activities where we create starts- cults yeah, this is this is where we're going to meet. This is where our temple's going to meet, right here. So Jure's traveling around, right? He's traveling through French-speaking Europe and Eastern Canada, and apparently even as far as Martinique, uh, doing these quote-unquote inspirational talks and really drawing people in to sort of 
get them interested and call like all, all the white lady woo woo shit that's going on. Yeah, and burying burying the lead on any right wing hate 100%. stuff. And just all be very QAnon, right? Hey, come here for the mm-hmm. hippie crunchy, and then ha ha, right wing bullshit. Yes, yes. Or, well, I'll get into. It. I feel like there's the way it's structured is a little bit like Scientology too, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Meanwhile, Demombro is presenting himself as a representative of a group which is called everybody. I didn't write this. It's called the Great White Brotherhood. I'm just I'm just telling you what I found. I did only limited search on that because it sounded so awfully racist and I did not need, I don't need the FBI following me around. Like, honestly, <laughs> I don't want to, and I don't want to see that shit on my screen either. Um, right. Like I did it, it would change all of, uh, it would change all of like your ad oh, algorithms and everything. And they'd God. be like, do you, do you want to listen to Alex Jones? No, 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 I don't. So I didn't see anything on my very very basic search on on them that suggested they were like linked to Nazis, Aryan belief, whatever. But they are a group who claims that um, they are evolved beings that basically get reincarnated multiple times to guide the evolution of the human race because that that's who he is and. DeMombro himself said that he was the incarnation of many notable ancient figures like Moses. Oh, well. I, like, who, who, like, who has the audacity? It's just so I crazy mean, to me. It's, it's very, because it's, it's always someone like a Moses or a Jesus or a Joan of Arc. It's never like, mm-hmm. I was this, like, random shoeshine. Right, I right, was, right, right. Uh, a guy Do you believe who, in past lives, Katie? I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I I honestly don't know. I mean, like when I hear, I know some people really connect to that, and it's one of those things mm-hmm. where I think I'm at I'm at the level of no, but what if? Kind of like with tarot, <laughs> you know. I I actually think that tarot yeah. is very more of a tool to do, you know, self reflection and introspection. I don't think it's like predicting the future. Um, I know friends who do tarot and they use it mostly as a way to focus and like change their perspective and things like sure, that. Sure, sure. But I have had my cards done and I have, you know, done like I used to with Ruth, we would go, we would go to this awesome place called City, but like tea, like Oh, I tea remember ceremony, that, but we went there tea. one time. And we would get, would get our cards done and we both of us were just sort of like, wow. I mean, I realized this person was probably cold reading my reactions and saying things that were just vague enough and go and like going down the right path when like they would see my eyes light up or whatever. But but also, but what if it's real, right? But what so if real? where past lives really get me is this thing, and I know that this is something that where it's going to be people like DeBombro, um, who have you know outsized sense of importance and ego that are going to be saying shit like, I was Moses, I was this Pharaoh, I was Jesus, I was mm, this person, yeah. and not, I was the person shoveling donkey boop. I was, <laughs> you know, a serf. I was a person of no consequence, right? Like, it's just, you know, I was the me of... <laughs> the 1600s where it's just like yeah like I matter I matter to my family but I was of no consequence to history and goodbye like you never get that when you have these sorts of people talking about it like I'm sure there are people with past like who have 
if they do, if they believe in past lives and they've talked about it with mediums and things like that, I'm sure that they have talked about it and it's not like surprise your Cleopatra. Um, but that just seems to be, that's where all of my skepticism here comes in. Cause it's like, that's what it always seems to be. It never seems to be like you were nobody. And I, there's lots of nobodies. We all were probably, if there were past lives, we were all probably many, many nobodies. I doubt. I'm so sorry, <laughs> MM. I'm right. so sorry. I don't think you were Cleopatra. Sorry. I also don't think I was clear. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I like maybe we were handmaidens, but like I just I I don't think it's like it's just wow. Nah. <sighs> anyway, sorry for yeah. that rant. Yeah. What about you? Do you believe in past lives? It's a great question. Um I I go back and forth on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've read some of those studies about kids who come up with like the crazy details of their past lives. And that's when I'm like, Oh shit. Uh, That's when I'm like a hard maybe. And then I have this really irrational fear of my kids drowning. And, and Mm -hmm. I have no idea where that comes from because I mean, I don't think it's irrational. I'm not afraid of myself drowning, but I mean, like in theory, I shouldn't be more scared of them drowning than I'm scared of them, I don't know, getting hit by a bus or something. Oh, so I, specifically I drowning. Okay, okay, okay. Specifically drowning, right? As opposed to like any other horrible way that they could come into harm. Um, and I'm not scared of me drowning. But I mean, like, like to the point to where I have like nightmare. If I have a nightmare that involves my kids, it's, it's them like drowning and I can't get to them. So I have no idea where that comes from. And so then sometimes I'm like, well, well, maybe I'm interested in the people who do the past life regressions. Um, and well, actually, I think I talked one time before about the, the person in super husband's family, who's like a medium yes. who did my tarot card readings at one time. Yes. Yeah, so she, she said that in one of my past lives, I had a very abusive partner. As a woman, I had a very abusive partner, and that was kind of formulates some aspects of who I am today, but also about being, you know, a male in some other lives, too. So, I mean, I just think it's, I would like to do, like, an actual regression yeah. sometime. I think it would be just interesting. And it's it's one of those things where if if you do do that, lizards, or any of us, because, again, I'm very fascinated by it, and, like, I love getting my cards done, and I love you know, thinking about those kind of things. If it helps you and you're not being exploited or taken advantage of, hey, let's do this shit, yeah, man, right? Do like it. it this isn't we are in no way judging you if you are a hardcore no. believer hey. in this. Also, um, if it, nothing else, what a fun way to spend a day. Hey. If I mean there's else. there's so little magic in the world. Let's you know Right. Let's do something cool. So now I'm not talking um about that other cult where that lady was claiming to be doing brain surgery over the phone. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're not being, as long as you're not being exploited, it's not someone who's like, well, sign over to me all of your money and I will do X, Y, and Z reading for you. We mean, I mean, like, walking down the street in Georgetown where there's about 500 palm readers and picking someone and being like, Miss Jessica, tell me. There is someone named Miss Jessica. I'm just... Well, for a place, for get, a place where uh, fucking rent is sky high, how there are that many palm readers in Georgetown is really funny. They gotta be like, fronts. Because guys, have to be fronts. If you know I a mean, passcode, there's something else that's going on in there. It's gotta be. There's also this. Okay, 
total tangent. There's also this total hole in the wall restaurant in Georgetown that uh, an old coworker and I used to always go to when we wanted to gossip because no one ever went to this place because it was such a hole in the wall. And let me tell you, whenever we were there, we were always the only people there. And the people who quote unquote worked there gave us a look like, oh shit, we got to pretend like we're a restaurant now. And I swear they're probably just heating up like whatever was frozen in the back. But or like it was someone runs, good. or they run down the street to like the right. closest place that sells the same type of food. <laughs> and it was always good, but I was like, there's no way they're paying this rent when there is never anybody here. No one, not an area soul. I had this conversation with um, Steph and Kristen. We went out for brunch for my birthday. We passed Cineholic, which is the Chipotle of cinnamon buns. It's a chain that's all over America. It was on it was on Shark Tank, um, but we have one in Capitol Hill, and these are great cinnamon buns if you're a cinnamon bun person. Um, they're vegan, which is really cool. Um, mm. So super accessible, and it's literally because I said that to Kristen, she's like, "What the fuck else do you put on a cinnamon bun?" But I'm like, "No, you go in, you get, you pick your cinnamon bun, and you pick the type of icing, and then they have all sorts of toppings and stuff mm-hmm. that you can put on there." And she was like, why would anyone want something that's not cream cheese frosting on a cinnamon? But I'm like, that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, and they have all sorts of seasonal stuff. Fair. Like they're going to they're gonna have pumpkin stuff for fall. But every time I've gone there and back when I lived in Ballard and I would come up to Capitol Hill to go see live music, R.I.P. Uh, and I would always yeah. go, to go there because the, I love cinnamon buns and they're fucking delicious. But every time I go there, there's maybe, if there's anyone else in there, there's one person. And I'm just like, how on earth have they stayed in business this long if there's like literally no one ever there? And particularly yeah. they're still there after the pandemic when they're not getting like drunk people uh, mm-hmm. leaving shows mm-hmm. and going like, a cinnamon bun sounds amazing right now. Um, cinnamon bun does sound amazing right now. I mean, and they are delicious there's one in baltimore i think is the closest to you uh but yeah they, no, uh... nope <laughs> not that delicious okay let me tell you just a few of the goals the the, the principles let's say of the order okay. of the solar temple i'm gonna name these off folks some are great and some are not so great number one uh they were going to establish quote unquote to correct notions of authority and power in the world I have no idea what that means. That could mean so many things. It could be good, it could be bad, right? Like, it could be, mm-hmm. like, down with capitalism. It could also be, like, Jure and Demombro are the new only authoritarian leaders in the world. I don't know. Second, uh, we are going to affirm the primacy of spiritual over the temporal. Seems good, right? Like, where we're valuing spirituality over material things. Great, great, sure. Number three. Assisting humanity through a great transition. That seems not good. <laughs> what what transition, friends? The transition of the current time to Snowpiercer times? Like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to go to Snowpiercer time. Unless I'm in that constant party club car where everybody's just on E all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not the eating baby car. I'm the party no, club no, no, car. No, 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 no. Or, or the eating cockroach bar car. That one either. <laughs> number, I lost count. Sorry, at cockroaches, I lost count. I don't remember what number this is. The next one was we were going to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ as a solar 
god king. Hence, I guess, solar temple. So solar, again, take from that what you will. Bring in the Christianity in. I think, you know, and and I think we mentioned this in the last episode that um, he was really into, like, Egyptian sort of mythology because I think I made the reference that, oh, so he's a fourth grader. Um, But yeah, so it just sounds like, hey, Ra's really cool. Let's mix him up. Let's remix him with Jesus. You know who I like? Ra. Ra. Ra's my my dude. Ra's kind of my jam right now. Um, And then the final principle was they were going to try to unify all Christian churches and beliefs and Islam. Okay. I don't know. Could be good, could be bad. I don't know. I don't know. Unification, great. But I think they're separate for a reason, too. I don't know. Right? Like, unification, like, our beliefs are the only beliefs, and you all have to believe what we believe, and you can't be different anymore? They, 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 kept, it, they kept it vague so people could read in what they wanted. As I think a dungeon master who's really focused on growing his dungeon followers would, would do. Yeah. So they so based off of these principles and Jure's traveling freak show, they st- <laughs> set up some lodges. Um, they had a couple of different lodges in Quebec, and they had lodges in Australia, in Switzerland, and Martinique. And so they started mixing together these early Christian identity and UFO aspects right with the solar god king mm-hmm. and the serious death star and new age philosophy using all of these occult rituals that Demombro and Jure got from order of the rose crucis and that other horrible right wing weirdo that started that other cult right and they're kind of mixing everything together and they're like welcome instead of welcome to jurassic park it's welcome to the Order of the Solar Temple. But with like a darker theme song. I don't know what the theme song would be, but not as majestic. So it started in the early 80s, and then people just start really clinging to this message. And it was really fueled by Jure when he's going around and giving these lectures about catastrophic upheavals that are going to threaten the existence of the planet. And he convinced all of these people that not only had he been part of the OG Knights Templar in a past of life, of course, but that even though they're waiting, I don't understand how this is actually happening, but they, they're telling everyone that they're waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. But somehow he made them believe that he was the third incarnation of Jesus Christ. So I'm not sure if that meant that there was a second one that we all missed or if like the second coming of Jesus is different than just like an always reincarnating Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe he was holding it back like, oh yeah, the second incarnation, also me. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> also, also me. Surprise. Yeah. I was hey, Jesus girl, up? twice. Hey, girl, you looking good today. Also, I don't know if I told you this before, but I'm the second and the third Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can think of is that um, hey girl. that fake, va- like the Jesus vaccination card I sent you. Yes. On Instagram. <laughs> Vaccinated by uh, the Lord. 
he also started kind of hinting around the possibility of members of the temple being able to leave their earthly bodies. Hey, girl, you want to leave your earthly bodies? <laughs> hey, girl. You can meet me once again after we go through a death voyage to Sirius. Hey, girl. Hey, You're girl. so fine that you should astral project to Sirius uh, <laughs> and burn your earthly body. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. You so fine. You must be one of the elect few who comes back lifetime after lifetime to guide the evolution of the human race. Why don't we guide this together? Oh, my Sirius? God. I can only assume. <laughs> In a French accent, by the way. <laughs> they they use this to get uh, to get sex because all of them do oh yeah but uh i don't know if that becomes a key point in this, in this there tale. there were there were reports although i didn't see anything that was specifically detailed just about that aspect but in a lot of the articles i read there were also mentions that that did become part of the deal before they would have some of their rituals mm-hmm. yes and of, um, of, of course of course. And then, of course, one last thing about Jure, too, is that he was saying, um, you know, this this huge environmental catastrophe is coming. And hey, girl, you and I, because we're members of this cult, <laughs> we're going to be able to leave this planet and get to Sirius. But to do that, we're going to transition through fire. Hey, girl, you so hot that we're going to transition <laughs> you through fire. Through, through literal fire. <laughs> Lit- literal fire yeah that's not that's not cute that's not cute no. at all no, so no. it was uh order of the solar temple in my mind in the way it was described i really feel like it was structured like a multi-level marketing scheme <laughs> because there were basic there were different levels of public facing and then internal only facing Mm-hmm. levels within the cult so the central group was called the synarchy of the temple and that's like a super secret membership level its members were were known um only to a select group of people and headquartered in zurich and then they founded all these lodges that were run by regional commanders and elders. And there was a progression in this order by levels and grades. And there are three grades per level. I'm just going to give you a couple of the names of these levels because they are obviously came up. They, they Obviously, this is DeMombro as Dungeon Master coming up with these names because they're ridiculous. But first level was Brothers of Parvis. Yes, I am a brother of Parvis. Second level was Knights of the Alliance. And the third was Brothers of the Ancient Times. Oh, the Ancient Times. The ancient oh. Times. And so there are all these different organizations that were like the lower level, like entry level right. to like snag the folks. In. Um, and they had different names. So there were, were let's see, Arcadia Clubs, Minta Clubs, Agata Clubs, Atlanta Clubs. And this is where Loup Jure would go around to the public and lecture. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes members of the temple could come and like privately hear hear these lectures right. too. Right. And it's it's not a it's not a it's not a pyramid, but it is you have to recruit three people below you. And in, well, <laughs> wait for it. And a little bit is a pyramid because at the lodges you had all of these altars where they would do their rituals and it was very 
uh, what's the word? Dramatic's not the right word. They, ornate. How about that? Because they okay. had, at each stage you went through in advancement, you would have these ceremonies. And to go through the ceremonies, you had to buy all of these really expensive items. You had to buy jewelry and the costumes and all the regalia. And then there were also just separate initiation fees. So this was not a free organization, right? Like this is, you have to pay into this shit. And during the ceremonies, you had to wear your crusader robe that I posted course, to Instagram, right? And then you you got to hold a sword wow. that DeMombro said was an authentic Templar artifact that was given to him a thousand years ago in a previous life. I don't know how it made its way back to him, but, you know, okay. Did he go and he steal it from, like... A place a where actual like artifacts from like Jesus were because like, hey, this will this was mine. So I'm just gonna take this. I'm assuming that they were basically like the Nazis in Indiana Jones and they were mm. like stealing all the artifacts and searching for the Holy mm. Grail and all of that. So to if you were one of these people that attended the lecture and then you wanted to progress in the organization, you had to pass a bunch of tests and go through initiation rituals before you could attend. And then you were given a cross and you're sworn in and you had to swear that you were not going to talk about what was going on. Yes, in these rituals. And there was always, this is creepy, a guard at the door during the rituals to make sure that nobody is interfering with what was going on. And to really hook people in, they would tell all of the recruits about how they were in reincarnations of famous people. Because again, nobody was the shit shoveler. They were these famous religious and historical figures. And this really attracted all of these outwardly very successful people to the organization because, again, they're, all these same people are people who are like looking for validation, external validation. Mm-hmm. And even though they may have a really great job or successful career, they are like, if someone's like, you know, you were to embark in a past life, like, <gasps> I knew it. I always knew it. I knew it. You go to, you go to do like the reading or whatever, and they, they go like, <gasps> I can't can't believe this you (laughs) you were uh marilyn monroe or whoever it's like i've never i've never seen this before ufo religions is who you are yeah so it in the talks in that really awful documentary i saw that was made in the in the 90s uh, a former member who was saying that once once people are telling you how important you are and that you were to humanity and you're in this super secret little group and you can only talk about things with a certain group of people that you get to be really disengaged from everybody and everything else. And it flatters your ego because you're like, I'm elite and I'm, I'm chosen. And so you start feeling not only that you're elite, but that you're superior to other people. And this is also where it starts to sound a lot like QAnon. Everybody else isn't, a, they're not awake, right? They're, they're, they don't know what's going on. The sheeple, they don't have any idea about what life is all about. Right, but you know the secrets because you're in this very select, small mm-hmm. group of people. Of course, you know there's this weird connection to the Knights Templar and being the OG group who said that they guarded the Holy Grail. I keep going back to Indiana Jones, like that's that's my reference here, because of their whole thing with secrecy. It's so interesting when you go looking online for like videos and pictures because they were, you know, in in the like a more modern day cults and they clearly did video themselves in some of these rituals 
they blurred out the faces of everybody in these rituals, which makes it like really, I, it just makes it really creepy when you see right, them. Right, and, and it's like, why did you take the video at all if you want to be secret? Because like, we're right. still seeing, we're still seeing the ritual. We're still seeing right. like, okay, and then right. you light this candle and then you do this thing. But it's just like, oh, right. now it's a weird, it's a weird mannequin doing it and not like a real person because there's no face. <laughs> so much like Scientology, I think once you get to a certain level and you're like in the elite group, right? And you're hearing more about Xenu, et cetera. Right. When you're hearing about Xenu, you, you're understanding that you're part of this core, core group of very elite people who keep getting reincarnated uh, on Earth from very ancient mm -hmm. times until today, because there is a cosmic mission that you need to help fulfill and that your, your mission is so important that you are going to be ready to, to sacrifice your life for mm -hmm. that mission. Of everyone, though, you can imagine who the most powerful reincarnated person among them was, which was, of course, the dungeon master mm -hmm. himself, Demombro, to the point that... Just coincidental. Just a coincidence. Just, who would have thought? But but people would say, like former members said that they were told, like you can't even sit in the chair that he sat in because his energy was so strong that like you're going to hurt yourself. This is basically it, it. It just reminds me of um, all the alleged I say in fake quotes uh, rumors about Ellen, like don't look her in the face and like don't mm -hmm. read the same air as mm -hmm. her and da 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 There's like. That's right. Don't speak directly um, to her. It's just it, oh, ugh. and of course, people who are people who are living this because mm -hmm. they're cut off from everything else. Like this starts to seem. I don't right. know if I want to say normal, but they're just like. But of course, this makes sense. Only you know the elite, the elites really knew about that. And once you were elite. And you were living in one of the these lodges and these groups. There were reports from former members that they started to see apparitions, and so that was how they knew that this was all true. Like that's just proof positive, right? So they would see mm -hmm. objects of significance, like the Holy Grail, in front of them, and they would like it would just appear out of nowhere. And I said, that, "Well, here, this is how we know that we're part of." the elite and they would see mm -hmm. these things and they would all just like fall down to their knees and be like, Oh my gosh, we're so special. We're amazing. Spoiler alert. We find out later that of course these were special effects that DeMombro had installed. in I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, something else to know about DeMombro is that in 1982, he had a daughter that he believed was meant to help usher in this new age. You know, she's like this cosmic being who's, who's here to help out with this mission. So much so that he started directing other people in the temple that they needed to get together and procreate because these, these like if you matched up their energies, they could create another person who would help her on her mission, which was the mission of the temple. So, it's always got it. It's always got to be sex stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're now we're in the late eighties, and, so, and and 
And to, like yes. at this point, they're still not really on anyone's radar. Like I guess like there's you know, they're like local communities know that they're there, but at what point is it is like authorities just sort of like the fuck the fuck is this right? So this is the time is the late eighties okay. and, and early nineties that they started drawing attention of different governments. Um, so late eighties, they start really expanding near Montreal because they were able to buy up some land with all of the millions and millions of dollars that their members had donated to the cause. And they started buying land so they could develop some new age communities that were engaged in organic farming. So again, I'd be like, hell yes, I want to go live this neo hippie existence Mm -hmm. Uh, on a farm in Montreal. That sounds like a dream to me, you know, minus all of the right wing. Right. Is there a yurt for me? Death by fire bullshit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I would love to live in a yurt in Montreal. And they called them life centers, by the way. They weren't farms, they were life centers. Not not communes. Wouldn't you know it, though? Um, They started diverting some of the funds that were supposed to go towards these life centers towards personal expenses and travel expenses and oh there's a big surprise that's an incredible i think i'm gonna have a heart attack and die from that surprise of course as it does once you start funneling money into certain areas and then it's almost like you're creating a cyclical effect where you need more money to fund the other thing that you use the first money for. So mm-hmm. then they just keep the cycle of like, well, now we need more. Now we need more. I just and can't so- believe that the third incarnation of Jesus would do that. How dare he? Frankly. How dare he? So, you know, th- there's all this money that they're moving around between bank accounts in France and in Switzerland and in Canada. And so, of course, when you're moving around that much money in cash... People start asking questions, and so you're starting to get the attention of authorities. Mm-hmm. Just like, what are the what are these crazy kids up to? Mm-hmm. Now it gets starts to get really crazy because in the early '90s, uh, everybody in the order is starting to get a little paranoid, right? Because they're like, the police are surveilling. Well, they were kind of surveilling you because you're doing some shady stuff. However, in the documentary, we talked to a former member who said that in 1992, Jure asked him to lend him a gun to go hunting. And he's like, what do you, what do you say to the leader of your temple? You say, of course, sure, yeah, here, here you go. And Jure says, just FYI, like, no big deal, but you're, you may never see this gun again. I just wanted to let you know. Like, that's just <laughs> It's like, I like, 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 can I borrow a piece of gum? No, you can have it. You can, you can have, have a piece of gum. Like, can I have your gun? <laughs> can I borrow this? No. <laughs> can I so just then, have it? Um, a week later, he shows up and he's like, yeah, actually, can I borrow a different gun? <laughs> because this, I decided to go hunting. I really need one with a silencer on it. Can you? Can you? I got to sneak up on the deer. Friends. Friends. Friends, uh, lizards, friends. If you'll recall, if you are a longtime lizard and you've listened back to our third episode, I want to say, which is the House of Terror. Asking for a silencer is never like a matter of course or, oh, well, that seems something that a rational person who's not about to commit some murder is going to do. Like, no, 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 no. You don't need a silencer. Yeah. Unless you're about to go commit some murders. And if you don't think that, then you need a 
tune up that red flag detector. Yeah, yeah. So the the member who had given the first gun, I think he was fresh out of guns at that point <laughs> because he didn't give the first one, but also he didn't have a silencer. So he's like, I don't have one, but I got you, bro. No problem. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask around for you. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. So he starts asking a few friends and it turns out one of the friends he asked about a gun with a silencer uh, was a police officer. Oh, well, well. So, um, some, and then someone was like, oh yeah, I got you, boo. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Meet me over here at this time with the, with the cash and we'll to- totes exchange goods, your, your cash for, for the silencer and the, and the other guns. Seems like it's on the up and up. I'm pretty and sure so, Luke Charest could have just sent someone to a gun store and it would have been less shade ball I and then maybe not got the authorities involved. I don't know if you can do that in Canada. And plus they're European. So like they're not used to America where you can just like, here's, here's a pack of gum and also your gun, right? Like, Can I help you? Oh, no, thanks. Just browsing. Although, you know what? Since I'm here, why don't I grab like eight handguns, a couple of shotguns and I don't know, three more handguns. Can I see some ID? Yes, of course, of course. Ah, would you look at that? I forgot my license, but I do happen to have this big old wad. No problem. Hmm? I don't need your ID. Federal database is down anyway. Wink, wink. Ah. So how do you like your ammo? By the box or by the bucket? Cool, 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 cool. cool. Our country is broken. What? Uh, bucket. I'll just take your biggest bucket of bullets. So at this point, uh, because one of the friends that he asked was a police officer, the Quebec police are convinced that this group is setting up a terrorist cell in Canada, mm-hmm. which, I mean... Not wrong. At the end of the day, they, they weren't really wrong, were they? That was a good right, idea. like they do, they are going to do a help people through a transition. Who knows what that transition yes. could be? Yes. Uh, it also didn't help that they found out that Jure had an office in the same building as the Prime Minister of Quebec. And here he is asking his friend to ask his friends to get him a gun with a silencer. So everybody's like, this is not good. They said, no, no, no. no. They did not say, ha, ha, ha. They said, no, no, no. So this cult member, when he shows up to try to buy said gun with silencer, uh, Mm -hmm. was met by the police. Not surprising. What? What? However, at the end of the day... They were only each fined $1,000 for trying to buy guns illegally. (laughs) But if that wasn't a signal enough that they were being watched, there were some other things that happened that really let the folks know. They weren't just being paranoid. No, no, they were actually being watched. They didn't know. But at this point in time, the Quebec police were like, hey, police over there in Switzerland and France, uh, could you help us? With your your crazies that have come over to Canada, please. Just wanted to let you know this is what's going on. You have infected us. How dare you? Yeah. So, hey, Interpol, can you just, like, keep your eyes out on these dudes? So, in 1993, Jure and his wife applied to the French embassy in Quebec for new passports. And they wanted to stay in Canada a little while longer. They started getting soups paranoid when they were like, why is this? process taking so long like long enough that they hired an attorney because they were like should it take this long to get our passports renewed? like obviously the police wanted to keep an eye on them they're like let's right. just let's hold just on to these a little bit it did not help that around this time uh a former member whose name was tony started telling current members 
hey, you know uh, that Holy Grail that you guys saw that you were like, whoa, this must be true because I'm seeing stuff, that those were actually lighting tricks and holograms and that he had helped DeMombro set them up in the lodges to help keep people on board with the mission. So, what? So Tony was an old member of Order of the Solar Temple, and he was a handyman. And it's, I mean, sadly enough, he used to say he was DeMombro's spiritual child because I guess his own, like like many of us, his own dad really yeah. wasn't part of his life, right? And he, he really attached to DeMombro as a father figure. But at some point in the early 90s, there was a big blow up between Tony and the rest of the group when he found out that DeMombro had, you know, stolen a bunch of money from the bank accounts of the order for his own personal use, as cult leaders are sometimes want to do. So to exact revenge, he told a bunch of the other members about what he had done to help DeMombro out with the lighting and the hologram tricks. And that led to several people leaving the cult. And then Tony himself left the cult in 1991 and went to Canada. So, so I feel like this is just another huge misstep by our dungeon master here, because if you have mm-hmm. a person that knows the tricks, that knows the, you know, like set up the fog machine or whatever, keep that person happy. Like yeah. don't have a falling out with that person. Like, Check in with them, check their vibe check from on, time right? to time, just to be like, how you feeling? How you doing? Hey, you buddy. feeling good? You, you know, make sure that if, you, if you're stealing all this money, that maybe some of it goes to presents for this person. Right. What? <laughs> like, this is what we call a, a, a loose end, I would say. <laughs> yes. 1994 comes upon us. It was a great year. I believe that was the year better than Ezra is just raging across the charts. They're they're running through the the wet grass, falling a step behind. So Tony's in Canada. DeMombro's in Switzerland. There's a whole lot of tension in this group. The leaders are under surveillance. Everyone is suspicious of them because Tony's telling people about all the money that they've appropriated for themselves. Some of them are trying to get their money back from DeMombro. Like Terry from last episode. French Terry. French Terry. Again, nobody go to, nobody go back to the cult to try to get your money back. Just that bunny's gone. It's gone. gone. It's gone. It's gone. Okay. So Tony, while he was in Canada, had a child whose name was Emmanuel. This is important to know. And to get back at Tony, because Tony has now narked on him and exposed him to the cult members, DeMombro started this, I don't want to say rumor because that just sounds stupid. He starts telling people that Tony's child is the Antichrist. This baby, Er this wee baby. (laughs) Record, record scratch. You might be wondering how we got here. So, yeah. again, this really falls into the, oh, really? Like, I don't see how this helps DeMombro's <laughs> cause at all. Because it's just sort of like, oh, really? The guy that you don't like very much, his Suddenly. kid, is the right. Antichrist? Right. Wow, that's such a huge coincidence. 
such a coincidence, such a quinky dink. And not just the Antichrist, right? But also, specifically, this Antichrist was born to prevent Demombro and his child from succeeding in their spiritual cause, mm-hmm. right? So direct enemy of the order. So while no one knows for sure, one of the theories, and I'd say the main and most popular theory here, was that Demombro decided to get revenge on Tony, not just with the stupid middle school rumor about his, <laughs> you know, that old middle school rumor about the, your baby being the Antichrist, it's like, but well, by, I heard that Susie no, well, is well, I a bitch. Heard. <laughs> I heard Emmanuel is the Antichrist. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so DeMombro then selects some cult members in Switzerland to fly to Quebec to rendezvous with some other cult members to then... Pretend to be visiting Tony and his infant child, who I believe was three months old. Ugh. But really, they go and kill the whole family. They all died by being stabbed multiple times. But just in particular, the baby, this poor defenseless child being stabbed all these times with a wooden stake. Because I don't know if they confuse the baby, the Antichrist, with a with a werewolf or something, but like or a vampire. Or vampire? Like, is it a vampire? Yeah. Oh yeah, werewolf. It's like a silver bullet, right? A vampire is a wooden stake. Oh, How dare you? Awful. How dare you? Frankly, and again, this is it's definitely not Tony's fault, but it's also like your former cult wants to visit you. Maybe say no. You're busy that just, week, friend. Just you Get know what. Of- they- Thank you for the thought. It's the thought that counts. Thank you so much. I'm going to be out of town that weekend. And then it's believed that those same people who committed that heinous murder then got on a plane, went right back to Switzerland, where they helped prepare the Swiss lodges for the mass death incidents. So they basically hopped on a plane, cleaned up the lodge, and then connected timers to an ignition device that was connected to a bunch of gasoline. And then a couple of hours later, the whole chalet goes up in flames. Yeah, I mean, and, were, and like, did they, were they amongst the people in the chalet? Were they like, do Yes, this? which is another one of the reasons why they can't be sure okay. if that was actually what happened. But that's like their best theory, I think, going into this because they know that these people flew from Switzerland to Quebec and then these people died and they flew right back and then they were um, part of this incident. I I know I mentioned in part one that there was a lot of, there were a lot of rumors afterwards about whether Jure was really dead or not after some of these incidents. All these rumors and conspiracy theories around the police and how they have been surveilling them and that they were really, there was this conspiracy to destroy the temple made some of the investigators worried that there were people who were going to be buying into these conspiracy theories that would really further the efforts of order of the solar temple and keep mm-hmm. the mythos of the cult going, which turned out to be true because there were the incidents in 1994. And then a year later, 16 more people were involved in a mass death incident. And then mm-hmm. in 1997, there were five more in Quebec. And another interesting update 
there was a member, I guess he kind of like stepped up to be a leader post-1994. They said he was the leader from 1994 to 1997. I'm going to try this again. I know you helped me with the name last time. Michael? Tabachnik. 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 And that's based only on the fact that I had a teacher with that last name. And Love it. So he might have a different pronunciation, but she was Mrs. Tabachnik. Love it. Who was an internationally renowned Swiss musician and conductor who is also apparently associated with this cult. He Super low profile. Like, like no big. But I'm going to go to the cult meeting now, hon. He was indicted for participation in a criminal organization in connection with his leadership of the Order of the Solar Temple, as well as murder for contributing to the quote-unquote mass suicides. You know, I don't think they were suicides. He went to trial in Grenoble, France in the spring of 2001, but he was acquitted. And then the French prosecutors appealed that verdict, and they had a second trial in October of 2006. And again, he was acquitted in December of 2006. Yikes. Needless to say, after all that, there are still around, they're estimating around 100 to 150 members of this group that are still out which, there. Which, again, I do not understand. Because I I feel like may, you know if you're in that uh, the the original cult and you're headed mm-hmm. towards this this death journey to Sirius or whatever I still don't understand that there were other gr- like it's not like that one auspicious day it's people like leaving on like I'm right. part of wave two wave three whatever but then also how do you then join a cult where most of the members have either been murdered or participated in mass suicide and go like yep this is the cult for me this is for me i don't know and we've said this i feel several times but like if you want to do you do you you do your hippie woo woo shit or you're not hippie woo woo shit like whatever it is you're into as long as you're not hurting anybody else like if that does something for you or yourself right (laughs) this is the anti that this is hurting yourself and other people (laughs) what are you doing like directly responsible for you know if not all the other murders definitely the murder of tony and his family i mean that little baby and and well not just tony's baby i mean i mean it's so sad that not just adults but there were kids that were in these groups of people that died and demombro's cosmic star child you know i don't think that's what Mm -hmm. she wanted she didn't ask for any of this shit so that's that man Yay! Wow. That's a lot. Wow. I know it's heavy. That's heavy, everybody. Well, thank you for that story and all of your research. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, I hate Look, it. Um, thanks. Uh, you're tacky and I hate you. Look, <laughs> now we know, right? Like, we we have the tools so that we can all help spot the next cult when it's going around. You think you're doing some hippie woo-woo shit, and then maybe something starts to sound a little too culty for you. I mean, hippie woo shit is is the infection vector for a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff. Like we said, QAnon, you know, Scientology, that kind of thing. So just be aware and fully um, critical of your hippie woo shit, you know? Um, You know, to cleanse my crystals, I don't have to murder them and, like, soak them in blood or whatever. No. 
That is great to hear. I just need to put them in the light of the full moon. You know? Hey, like that didn't hurt anybody. That hurts no one except maybe if I smash a bug or two with that uh, amethyst. It is big and heavy, and (laughs) I don't, I don't like spiders in my home. Um, so thank you for that. And, uh, Lizard, so sorry, sorry we were borked last week. And we'll see you next week when I try to follow this, uh, very good act here. Um, uh, maybe it was something a little less murdery deathy? I feel like you and I are like, I don't think we're trying to do this, um, but both of us have listened to and that's why we drink but i feel like you and i are very like falling into m and christine roles where you're christine and i'm m because i'm like there's a goat man and you're like here's this murder look i have another <laughs> cult all teed up to talk about that does not involve it. that does not involve murder so cult minus murder Oh, like, here's some events of mass death. Here's some wine fraud with, like, oh, a guy who was great, who was born in rural France and somehow didn't grow up to join a cult or start a cult. That's amazing. I love that that can happen. You know? Um, so, Lizards, we'll talk to you next week. Let us know what you think. Um, you can find us on Instagram, at WineTimesPod, um, also on Twitter, but let's be honest, Instagram. And then our personal <laughs> accounts, um, I am Katie Haas. MM is at TrueCrimeWine69. Thank you, as always, to Chris Hansen. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Come pop a bottle with us. Bye. Bye.